Welcome to another episode of Red Tinted Glasses. As ever, thank you to Skylights for letting us use the um, song YRA for the introduction music. Welcome back, Callum. And we are delighted to be joined by Robbie Hanratty from the Anyone's Game podcast. Robbie, welcome to Red Tinted Glasses. Thanks for having me, Glenn and Callum. Pleased to be here. Yeah, pleased to have you on, Callum. Um, another podcast this looking forward to the premiership season also we've gone and reviewed the european success in the first leg over bk hacking we've decided not to do a specific preview of the league opener this weekend against Dodge united as there's not really too much we know to give you kind of an informed show with so we thought let's look at the season ahead from a total Aberdeen point of view. But as ever, we want to thank you for your support to the show. Make sure if you're listening to hit that follow and subscribe button and likewise on YouTube. We've been really blown away by the support being shown to the podcast from the start of the season. Callum, you were under pressure coming back in for episode two, but not, not waned the support. Hey, the numbers don't lie. I think my return was pretty successful. Going by my standards, essentially. It was, yeah. Um, and Robbie, as, as a long-time listener to... Well, actually, you watch the show. Um, yeah, well, watch on YouTube. Every Saturday during lockdown, it was kind of that relief to... You can't get the pub, so next best thing is to listen to Glenn and Callum on Red Tinted Glasses with a few beers and dissect the game. Well, what, have to pay him to, to, to say that, Callum. Stroking our ego already. Brilliant, that's fine. Fine. <laughs> good, good start. No, but thank you for those kind words, Robbie. And it's kind of, Callum, we're, we're recording this just before the end of July. And, you know, in about a week's time, it's been about a year since I asked you to join mm. up with me to do something like this for, for Aberdeen Games. And it really was good last season as a, as a therapy for us. And, you know, we're going to continue this season. The podcast might be a bit delayed now that fans are getting back into games. But, mm. you know, it's you guys at home that are watching and tuning in that continue to support us. So we're going to continue to do our best to, to give you some, some good content. So, yeah, just thanks very much for that support and kind words, Robbie. I would like to say, say well done getting that in nice and early there with them um, apologising for any delays. Uh, take hangovers into account, especially when we start getting back to the league. <laughs> yeah, especially Europa League Thursdays, Greg. I know you were disappointed it wasn't out on Fridays, as promised, but Saturday afternoon went mm. by and it wasn't, it wasn't a bad thing. But anyway, the Premiership season is shortly upon us and Aberdeen kick-off at home to Dungeon United this Sunday. Um unless there's any problems with the European game. I know there's been some rumours um, maybe of some rescheduling going on, but excited to get the Premiership back underway, Callum? Definitely. Um, was excited to see the back end of it last season. <laughs> I think that's um, a well-known fact. But no, definitely excited to get things underway and not much of a better chance than against Dundee United after we played so badly against them last season. Let's see how much things have changed um, this season and it'll be interesting for them as well with their new manager too yeah definitely and and Robbie you know getting back to Aberdeen games started on Thursday night so excited you decided to go down to Newcastle um, <sighs> I had to get that in early so I couldn't help myself but how, how much are you looking forward to the return of the Premiership season? Yeah I'm really excited as Callum said last season not just with no fans but obviously season didn't go 
to plan with going with gold routes, etc. Really just a fresh start under a new manager with new players in. I'm just really excited and I feel like we can get revenge on Dungeon United for that horror show in the Scottish Cup at the end of last season. Yeah, well, that would certainly be a way to rectify probably the biggest blot on Stephen Glass's um, start to his Aberdeen career so far. But looking at the, the league, you know, we've got a good, or let's say kind start mm. uh, in, in terms of our opening fixtures. You know, we, we do have Hearts away third in the league, um, but we don't play one of the, the Glasgow two until October when Celtic come to Pataudry. So again, you know, we're going to have home advantage. We're seeing the influence of crowds coming back in. Callum, you mentioned as well how, how voiceless the red shed sounded. Hopefully by October, we're looking at full capacities and just what a full crowd could do in these situations. But how important will it be for Stephen Glass to get off to a winning start on Sunday, but then build on that with having this kind start? Definitely, it's huge. I think it's important for him to... <clears throat> Uh, build on from obviously his first game against Hacken as well um, which will by the time this is out it'll be the day after than the second leg it's going to be very confusing recording at this time but it's very important um, that he does build on it and it's a good chance to um, have a good run before we take on any of the big two but it, I, I'm a bit sceptical about being too excited about it in case it does go very, very wrong. It's very possible. We're not saying that it's going to be it's going to be easy, but I'm excited for it regardless. And especially if we do get to go to Titan Castle, that would be very much very yeah. exciting. Yeah. Don't worry, I've already texted Chris asking if the bus is going to be sorted for that. And I hope it's a yes. It is the plans are in motion? Don't you worry. Um, so just we'll need to wait. But but Robbie, you know, fans are getting excited after after that victory on Thursday. As Callum surprisingly reining himself in in terms of his mm. excitement levels don't know what's going going on there but <laughs> just how important is it that the club continue that momentum and, and feel good factor now that fans are in yes it's it's hugely important especially today of recording the club of 8,000 season ticket holders which when there's been no guarantee if fans are going to definitely get back in or at what numbers and still people it's Obviously, can't maybe still shielding, etc. So to get to that number is fantastic. And I feel playing good football, good attacking football, scoring five goals, can do that more often. I take I'll take Callum's point on board well with we've seen we've seen John Gallagher look amazing in the early European games. So I don't want to get ahead of myself, but from what I've seen, I'm it's really promising. And if they can keep on doing that you'll get bums on seats because you look at the early McInnes days, everyone was so excited to go because he was playing attacking football where mm -hmm. likes of Hayes McGinn on the wing, Rooney up top, Pollock behind. And I hope the players Glass has gotten now and the style he wants to implement, we can see that day's return. Mm. Yeah, I really like that return to the kind of some horrific memories of players to then some good days there. Well done. <laughs> you want to make a point there, Carl? Uh, what I was just going to say was I want to fall in love, fall in love with this team like I did that team because as soon as you mm -hmm. mentioned Paul up there I was like my heartstrings were going mm -hmm. I would love Christian Ramirez is going the right way about it bizarrely No and I think you know it's, a, it's an interesting point Robbie because to hit 8,000 season tickets whilst there's no guarantee of full crowds until for, for, from a home point of view until the end of August is fantastic and to see how many people have 
invested into the club in that manner when you know we're still having to do uh, lateral flow tests and wear masks which i know we all have our own opinion on wearing masks in the ground just now um certain people don't want to to go to games whilst these restrictions are in place but still want to put the money into the club that's that's fantastic and it all starts and Callum and Robbie both make great points it's falling in love with that team again that we we haven't had for so long because so many folk have fallen out and I, and what encouraged me Callum was seeing how many people on the back of Thursday decided you know what I like what I see there I'm going to get a season ticket because you know it was nearly seen double figures on, on people's posts on Twitter people messaged me on WhatsApp what's your season ticket Ian Watson like he finally decided to he saw enough on Thursday to convince him I want to be seeing that regularly I'm getting a season ticket very encouraging and um, I suppose that is kind of what uh, what Cormac was sort of uh, promising when he came in the door that kind of mm. bring that excitement back and so far it is working obviously still it's still his early days and but it's encouraging and it can only really be positive feelings about it and hopefully it, it does continue I suppose if they go and get a good result uh, in Sweden and then proceed to go and do, like, do well against Stangite as well before um, capacity crowds are allowed we might see us reach maybe even that 10,000 mark dare I say it mm-hmm. How, that'd be brilliant given the last year and a half we've all just had yeah, yeah I, I totally agree, Callum. And I just wanted to say this. I was listening to Graeme Spear, Coymac, Dave Coymac was on Graeme Spears' podcast the other day and he said about how Aberdeen, they should be aiming to win the league. And I like his ambition, same way if he said 15,000 season ticket holders should be the aim. And if we continue to play attractive football, which the club have set out a couple of years ago, and they are we're starting to see signs of and get rid of the stillness that was kind of around the club last few seasons, then there's no reason why a club the size of Aberdeen Football Club can't be reaching double figures and maybe 15, 16,000 in the coming seasons. Yeah, I mean, we're a one-club city. I know, obviously, a one-club city that's been affected a lot um, by this pandemic in terms of the industry that mainly drives the city in oil and gas so there are people that you know can't buy a season mm-hmm. ticket and we fully appreciate and not everyone is in a position to do so but we'll get along when they can but to have that base figure um, obviously provides a good platform going into the season um, we've talked about getting a good start and I think it is vitally important because you've got a new manager and new players that need time to settle in and wins and scoring goals breeds confidence. We, we saw five goals on Thursday, Callum, uh, and a convincing win. Mm-hmm. How much confidence will they take from that going forward? They should take a lot. Winning does breed confidence, and it's clear to see that there was confidence on the park. And I would say there was a lot of it off it. I think I did say we'd win everything, which... Um, I maybe will regret but you know (laughs) we'll see how it goes but it it can only be a good thing it's a feel good factor that's been lacking uh, Mm. around the place and everybody plays better when they're confident Conor McLennan for example looked like Mm. looked like a confident player for once in his life Um, which is just exactly what you want to see so hopefully we can uh, build on that and keep building these positive results Uh, it feels I feel like I'm definitely getting uh, getting ahead of myself here well, well, Robbie, I'll use you to maybe give Callum a bit of a reality check. Mm. Um, Dungeon United were maybe a bit of a bogey team for us last season and didn't score against them, didn't beat them. So if if Sunday doesn't go, as as many of us hope, um, 
is there going to be pressure? I know the media will be quick to to put mm-hmm. pressure because uh, obviously you know. McInnes was a bit of a media darling. Um, Glasses, the the appointment was maybe a bit controversial um, in some quarters. Do you think if results don't go right in the in the say opening three or four games, there'll be some noise of of pressure around? Um, the, nowadays with social media, it can be an echo chamber, so we're, you, you're you're naturally going to see some noise around it. In hashtag Glass out, it's <laughs> inevitable, but. As someone who any listeners on here will know, I grew out of love with Derek McInnes and his style of football, like many others did. But I feel Stephen Glass say Dundee United continue to be a bogey team and we don't get the three points in our first game. I don't think this should be caution for concern. I feel like we just need to believe in him because it's a whole new team. There still could be more reinforcements. And quite frankly, even though we won 5-1 on Thursday, these players have only played two preseason games together. So mm-hmm. ch- training training environment and match day environment is so different. So they might take a few games to get up to speed to in the Premiership because it's completely different to playing in Europe. But I believe Stephen Glass, despite maybe being a controversial choice, I think he'll do well at Aberdeen. Yeah, no, and, and obviously, like I said, it might have been a controversial choice, but fully support him. And if we continue in this manner this season, <laughs> there's not going to be nothing controversial about it. <laughs> and hopefully come May, we've got something to, to celebrate. But I think that's why we've got a bit of a luxury. Um, I hope it's not going to come back to bite me saying that, of going to Sweden 5-1 up. That you know We touched on that in the in the last episode, Calm, and those of you that haven't tuned in, you can, can go back or watch to that episode where we reviewed the victory. Hopefully going to Sweden 5-1 up, depending how the first half goes, we might be able to to rest some players um, ahead of the game on Sunday. Uh, you know, whereas in seasons gone by, we've we've gone to, well, I know Dungeon United, the last time we played them on the opening day, we, we came back from Kazakhstan. Okay, we won that game 1-0, but, you know, we don't have long journeys. Players are playing exhausted long minutes so it'd be good to to see how we get on if we can rest players definitely I think you get to half time uh, against Hacking with a clean sheet then we'll be fine uh, even if it is 0-0 but hopefully we're 3-0 up by then uh, that would be great I am worried that this is the best I'll feel the whole season it's just all going to be downhill from now but um, yeah, it would be nice. It would be ideal. Ideal scenario is essentially uh, we do get a chance to rest some of the players. Obviously, yeah, as, as we said in the in the review, they looked probably more of the leggy uh, side. But obviously, we don't know how um, we'll react with the travelling, albeit not that much, and things like that. And with a big game on Sunday, because it's very important to get off to a good league start too. Yeah, and hopefully, um, we're recording this on on Monday night, uh, the twenty sixth of July, and hopefully. Um, there's going to be some positive news around the, the crowd announcement of, of that game and um, similar numbers to, to the Thursday night, if not more. Um, and that will that will certainly help the team because I think no doubt the, the crowd being in did help the, the squad on, on Thursday night. Now, Robbie, as we touched on, you didn't go to the game on Thursday. Um, so I'll ask you this question first. What are you hoping to see on the pitch this season? Well, well, just what Dave Coymack and Stephen Glass seem to constantly reiterate, an attacking style of football. I feel with Calvin Ramsey and Jack McKenzie, I'm really buying into this young, mm. homegrown products at fullback through bombing forward. Calvin Ramsey taking the corners, getting assists. 
Jack McKenzie coming on, getting an assist. I really feel blood in these homegrown talents, even at that age of Callum Ramsey, you have to expect they might not play at a high standard every game, but if you just be patient as supporters, which I know, listeners, myself <laughs> included, it's hard to do so. But well, the most just, impatient supporters in Scottish football here. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you can just try, I, I feel we've got a great young team with experience of new signings like Jack and Ramirez. We got off to a first start, first goal. You can't get better than that. Adam Rooney-esque goal, um, Poacher's goal. But I feel honestly about Aberdeen this season, Stephen Glass has got me believing that we can do well this season. And whilst I can't remember who it was on Twitter, replied to me saying that Rangers will finish second and Celtic will be third. The Dons will win it. I'm not sure if I'm that optimistic, but I really think I would love to see us push them closer because at times last season Celtic weren't great there was in turmoil but yet you look at the maybe it just shows how bad the Scottish Premiership was last season Rangers aside we were still about 20 odd points behind Celtic mm-hmm. at the end which to me was the most disappointing thing mm-hmm. yeah and, and certainly you know Celtic a team in transition themselves this this summer and uh, you know I was at the, I was at Mark Cameron's on Saturday and their pre-season game against West Ham was on and well, I thought, you know, some of our defending was bad at times <laughs> last season, but some of their defending on Saturday kind of took the biscuit. But it's maybe we'll come on to that in terms of expectations later on in, in the show. But Callum, are you kind of of the same opinion of Robbie in terms of what you're expecting to see on the pitch this season? I think so. As Roy said, the fact it was reiterated so many times, this attacking intent that we're going to be playing with free-flowing attacking football. Not It wasn't just one sort of throwaway little promise, little white lie kind of thing. It's been said time and time again. And for a while we're going, well, where is it? But now it seems to have arrived. Now that Glass has had a pre-season, he's got some of his own players in. Uh, I think it's exciting. I'm not expecting the world. Obviously, things do take time. Managers mm-hmm. do need a couple transfer windows usually to get their squad shaped exactly how they like it. Um, I just said I'm not expecting the world after seeing we're going to win the lot, but I think yeah, it's, we've got we've got to be positive. We've got reason to be positive. All we got to, all we've got to go off is that that one game on Thursday. So, I am, yeah, and I think I, the, I think the game on Thursday though is is an interesting kind of point because everyone kept saying last season it's not his squad. Like we can't look into it too much. That Thursday night was more of his squad, you know, Jet, Ramirez, Brown, Jack McKenzie, Calvin Ramsey didn't get any game time under Derek McInnes. You know, we're starting to see him put his stamp on the squad. We're seeing the style that he that's been promised as you've both touched on. Mm-hmm. This is encouraging. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. There's reasons to start you know, excited, like looking forward to the weekend again and it not being a thought going to Pataudry or, oh, who have we got this weekend? I don't know. Uh, you know, those little things that, that were kind of plaguing many through the last couple of seasons are hopefully going to be things that are forgotten about. And that buzz, you know, obviously I think the fact that we haven't been at the football for so long is also going to contribute to that. But keep winning games, keep playing attractively. Mm-hmm. That's also going to generate the excitement. It's actually interesting you mentioned that. 
that um, even though we're probably excited to be back at the football, that also might have a positive effect that I've only just thought of now, so it might be a stupid idea. But um, well, if we are always just excited to go to the football, no matter what it is for the first week, while even when sort of maybe the performance isn't going how it would like on the pitch, that could give the players a lift, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because they've not had it for so long and we've not had what we want for so long either. So the combination of the two might give them a lift, who knows, we'll see. They might, definitely. Yeah, you've got, you've got to look at that. It's something I've thought of only once the season finished at the time, gave the strikers pelters for not scoring goals. But you do think in terms of, you mentioned that fans, five and a half thousand back and on Thursday and it spurred the team on to score goals in scoring five, something we couldn't do in about 10 games last season. Mm-hmm. But when, mm-hmm. when you look at it, it must have been, not to give players excuses, but from players I've spoken to on podcasts that I've done, it's incredibly hard to get yourself motivated mm. as a player when there's just you're playing in front of the coaching staff. So having the Red Shed, who I believe were in great voice and even had Christian Ramirez songs going and everything, that, that's fantastic. And the players can only spur off of that. And mm. confidence players, you mentioned Conor McLaren. Funzo King Ojo seems a new man. You feel like that these players can spur off that confidence of the supporters. Mm-hmm. But as we all know about Aberdeen supporters, it's keeping that positivity at Vitology when things aren't going right that's sometimes a problem. But hopefully there's no problems at the Dungeon United game on Sunday. Well, sorry, if we're all drunk enough and just happy to be back, I'm sure it'll still be fine. Well, it's my birthday on Saturday, so I'm just going to be hungover and then just continue drinking again. So I'll Power just through. ignore that fact. Power <laughs> yeah, through. Yeah, An early happy birthday. Thank you very much, Robbie. Um, so speaking of signings then, um, we've, we've obviously made a few, like I said, Stephen Glass trying to put his own stamp on, on the squad. Christian Ramirez, uh, J. Emmanuel Thomas being signed to strengthen our significant lack of striking options that we had last season or well actually inability to score goals I should say last season uh, that you touched on there Robbie Scott Brown in to give us a a great influence in midfield a very controversial signing uh, definitely split the fan base and I think some are still needing convinced to be won over Uh, Jack Gers coming in right back and and Teddy Jenks I missed him out in midfield uh, on loan from Brighton to add to creativity options hopefully give uh, Ryan Hedges, Conor McLennan a bit of extra support there as well. Um, exciting signings, Declan Gallagher as well, nearly forgot him because we haven't seen him yet, uh, into into centre half. What do you make of those signings so far, Callum? I know we've touched on it briefly in a, in a previous episode, but what do you make of them and where do you think we still need to, to strengthen? Yeah, I'm happy, I'm happy. I think Brown... You've already sort of saw the influence he can have uh, on games, on a game or on the players around him, um, specifically the less experienced ones. So I guess happy with him and I did buy into it sort of immediately um, uh, on Thursday. Um, obviously, so minimal of Terry Jenks, but he looked up for it, committed a foul. That's about all he did, but that's fine <laughs> by me. And Jet and Ramirez, well, we've already said our bit, and I think everyone knows how much I love Christian Ramirez mm-hmm. at this stage. So I'm happy with it. everyone that's coming. Obviously, Jack Gurr, we've not seen much, but if he can just push Calvin Ramsey even to do better, that's absolutely fine by me. Yeah, but, but as well, sorry, sorry, like, I know we've not seen a lot of Jack Gurr, but if you're starting Calvin Ramsey, as, as we did on Thursday, Jack Gurr came on as a, as a replacement for him, fine. but he did fine. So that's the sort of thing you're, you're wanting from your, your substitute. It's, mm. it's not, we're not dropping off in terms of the level of replacement. And like yeah. you said, they can spur each other on. Especially when it's someone so young like Calvin Ramsey, because you don't want him to burn out. 
Mm-hmm. Um, as we see a lot with young footballers. So having someone like Jack Cannon come on and even play 20 minutes or whatever at the end of the game and it's not any different really, then, then that's always a bonus. So it is encouraging, but um, in terms of where maybe still need, I think everyone knows that there's a big gaping hole at centre-half that um, needs filled probably. Um, obviously, Ross McCrory did absolutely fine there. Gallagher suspended and Consign, that's probably three options. Michael Devlin, who knows what's going on with the him. The missing so. man. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So even if we did sign him, I would think maybe another one because he's an injury-prone uh, liability. And number seven shirt's still free, so that could mean a winger, perhaps. Mm. I mean, Niall McGinn should never play on the wing ever again in his life. Um, so I think I think we could benefit from specifically a centre-half and a winger, I think. N- nice sweeping statement there, Colin, to Andrew. He's Andrew too slow. Started. I'd have him through the middle, but... He's too slow to play out wide. Yeah, and it's funny. It's a discussion we were having in the pub on, on Saturday and it's kind of got this pub chat feel to it here on this episode. But the signings that we've made so far, I, I do agree because the chocolate teapot in terms of injuries, Michael Devlin, I still feel we're a centre-back short. If we get an injury or suspension, Declan Gallagher's injured currently. It's sort of suspended. That's why we didn't see him in the first leg of the Europa League game but hasn't played minutes in pre-season. Um, if we get an injury there to Consign or McCrory, who's filling in, we're left short. You, you're totally right. Niall McGinn is an interesting one because Keith made a point in the pub on, on Saturday that maybe he's being viewed as a, a striker maybe this season because I think we're short up top as well. Yeah, You've only got Jet and Ramirez. Michael Ruth mm-hmm. maybe being lined up as the third choice striker. He had a spell at our both last season, but at, at this level, he's unexposed. You know, we don't know what to expect of him. You know, working alongside Alan Russell, I'm sure he's going to develop his game nicely, but he's untried, he's untested. That's a risk as well. So I think you're right, a winger, pot still need there maybe. I would be happy to see another striker come in, but centre half is the one that really, I think alarm bells are ringing for, for a lot of fans. Would you, would you agree with that, Robbie? Yeah, definitely. Just to pick up on a few of these points being mentioned, especially Callum mentions the Calvin Ramsey and Jack Go not burning someone out. But I feel in a team, having competition, it's very important because mm-hmm. it spurs players on in training. And we go back to PV seasons with Shea Logan, who was a great servant to the club, but I feel he fell short of there was no competition at the fullbacks. So mm-hmm. at least this season, we've got Jack McKenzie and Johnny Hayes at left back, and we've got Jack Gurr and Calvin Ramsey at right back. And obviously, Ross McCrory, who'd done a fine job in centre back, he's missed the versat- versatility, it seems. So it feels like he <laughs> could step into right back, centre back, centre mid. And he adds a bit of pace into the back line as well, which I feel, as Calm says, it's needed because Considine. Constantine's been a great servant to Aberdeen, but I feel like we do need that other centre-back. But I think it's important to note that seems to be a lot of chat I've seen online and some leaks that the new head of recruitment should be coming very shortly. So mm-hmm. I maybe feel that Dave Coymack hinted at halftime on Red TV that there could be a few more signings if the fits right. And I feel maybe they're waiting for that head of recruitment to be in place and then see what striker... They fancy, perhaps, because I f- definitely feel that looking at the bench on Thursday, unless Conor McLaren, who scored a fantastic finish, or Niall McGinn is being dubbed as a third-choice striker, we kind of do need someone else in case there's a COVID problem or in case there's an injury mm-hmm. or substantial. 
Yeah, I never even thought about COVID being a problem, to be honest. Same. That's a good point. But I hope the, the signings um, Dave Cormack was alluding to wasn't the new lineup on Red TV um, being announced tonight that Andy Barge did a, a, a terrific job on Thursday night commentating on Red TV. For those of you that have listened to our Scotland previews, um, he hosts Hamden Roar podcast and he's given us a shout out on that um, plenty of times. Um, you know, a really good commentator and, and hosts a good podcast as well, being announced as one of the commentators alongside Rory Hamilton. I think they'll be working on a, a rotational base, basis and Jamie Lyle coming in as well to do the, the pitch side reporting. But, you know, refreshing to see uh, new faces coming into to that side of things, Callum. Um, bit disappointed we never got the call, though. It's not quite us yet, but I feel we're getting there. Uh, you know, we've had, we've had Andy's, you know, give us some shout outs. So maybe next and then when he moves on, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll get the step up maybe next time. Yeah, but, but you know, Robbie is um, a fan that's had to watch uh, lots of games on TV in recent times. It must be, for you, refreshing to see a change in the, the commentary box on Red TV. Yeah, definitely. But I feel Aberdeen, in, within the last year, they've really adapted to this pay-per-view system. And I feel like they put on a very good show in terms of sometimes beforehand they'll show an old game from like the Copenhagen game to Gothenburg. Mm-hmm. And it gets you in the mood for watching the Dons or they'll be playing Aberdeen songs and have that proper build-up show. And Dave Coymack, who loves to be in the limelight, it seems he's, he, I quite like his addition to be, not every time, but when he's on, at least to give some transparency about what's going on behind the scenes. And Steve Tosh was on co-coms and he wears his heart on his sleeve. And that's mm-hmm. what you like to see when his guy, <laughs> when his guys like him, uh, Fife Lad, who has played for the Dons and been asked to go on co-coms, guys like him, Stuart Duff, etc. When you're watching at home, having a guy like that on co-coms, passionate, they kind of do say what you'd be wanting to say. Mm. So I really enjoy it. But it is refreshing to see people like Rory Hamilton, who does the BT Sport coverage for some big games, being involved yeah. with AFC. And it just shows that despite fans coming back into stadiums, that AFC are meaning business and they still want to keep this professional going forward. Mm-hmm. I think the professionals the reason that we got ruled out there Colin but mm-hmm. uh, and no certainly exciting to see those changes off the pitch and you know even the alternate uh, camera angle piece that they did on Red TV from the game on Thursday the club are really stepping up their social media content um, and, and it's really great to see but but back to matters on the pitch we've always seen a lot of experience uh, Callum and Declan Gallagher Jet Ramirez you touched on in the, in the last episode about his age being 30 years old Scott Brown as well um, you know many not sure if his legs would last this season or not We've signed a lot of experience and, you know, we've mm-hmm. touched on the two youngsters there, Jack McKenzie and Calvin Ramsey. Connor McLennan is probably still classed as one of the younger players as well. Teddy Jenks, an under-23 from Brighton. It's very much going to be youth versus experience, a nice blend this season. Mm-hmm. I think that's certainly something that, that fans can get, get excited by. I think so. Yeah, definitely. It's always important to get that sort of blend right. You need to have the experience of players who've, you know, been there, done it kind of thing. But you need the youthful exuberance around um, those sort of players too. And they only get better for playing with those kind of players, the experience they can get off the pitch or even being talked through games as we have seen already just in the one game so far. It can only be a good thing. It's important to get that blend right. And it looks to me so far that it looks 
it looks like they have done, which is encouraging. I'm sure they'll keep considering that kind of thing and going forward. If we do bring in a couple more players, I do hope they are not of 30 years plus now. But um, I trust them, which is not something we've had in Aberdeen for a while, some trust. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see who we do bring in and, you know, is it going to be... I know, you know, I think Stephen Glass doesn't want just a squad filler. They've got to be able mm. to improve the squad, which again is encouraging to to hear because, you know, some of the loan signings that we've had in the past, we've signed them and they've not played. They've played once and been injured. Greg Lee, I'm not looking at you in particular. <laughs> um, but, you know, just these sort of things, we need that kind of depth to the squad because mm-hmm. maybe the depth is lacking slightly but I also hope that some of these signings if they do come in they aren't at the expense of some of these youth products you know Calvin Ramsey Jack McKenzie being names that we've mentioned you know I hope this doesn't stem the development of exciting talent that we've got coming through the youth academy because I know Gavin Levy was talking in the summer Neil Simpson obviously being involved in the coaching staff there's a lot of excitement around what's coming through the youth academy Kevin Henrati a highly highly rated player no relation to you Rob. no relation no that's what he said no. um, well maybe a relation somewhere down the line yeah. but no immediate relation no um he he you know he being sent out to for martin on loan to gain some mm. some first um team experience players being sent to highland league and league one that on loan so you know i just wouldn't want that to kind of stem the development of our own players i just think one thing i'd like to mention is what's been interesting is ethan ross there hasn't been the announcement. There hasn't been the announcement of him actually leaving yet. Much like Michael Dell, I don't really know what nobody really is, knows what's going on. I think there's rumours that he's been offered a trial with Southampton. It is bizarre. It seems bizarre that now's the time that he's maybe going to leave because you would have thought now would be the time he would get this chance. As mm. Glass seems to be willing to give you the chance, as we saw Calvin Ramsey mm-hmm. playing Jack McKenzie. So it's just, I just think it is, it is interesting. I don't know if they know what's going on behind the scenes, what he's been offered or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it, it surprises me. I thought he would be one of the ones that they wanted to tie down for a good time yet. Because I think he is yeah. only 19 still. Yeah. yeah. So it's a shame, but obviously they, they managed to tie down um, Kieran and Gwenya mm-hmm. um, on a contract. So they are looking at tying down um, younger players, but obviously there's been something behind the scenes with Ethan Ross that's maybe not worked out and he maybe fancies um, trying his luck down south and, and good luck to him if, if that's where he sees him, his career progressing. Um, Robbie, what are you most excited about to see this season? What am I most excited about? Well, I, I, I feel just just as we touched on it, just well, having fans back in the stadium, just having that sense of normality as I got when I missed the Aberdeen game on Thursday in Newcastle, a sense of normality. But having that just in general, along with the exciting band of football and just touching on transfers, but I haven't, no one I see on social media or on this podcast, I haven't mentioned Matty Kennedy, seems like a bit of a forgotten man um, yeah. in terms of a guy who should, on paper, be able to make an impact, but and his time at Aberdeen hasn't. And I just wonder, will Lewis Ferguson stay? And I'll propose this to you. If Lewis Ferguson did leave, would Teddy Jenks be that ready-made replacement and then Aberdeen could use that money towards players such as Jason Kerr or maybe someone like Jamie McGrath? Hmm. Well, I don't think we've seen enough of Teddy Jenks to know 
what he can bring in terms of a, a Lewis Ferguson replacement. But you know, you you mentioned it on the on the previous episode, Callum, whether or not Lewis will actually benefit from staying another season. Mm-hmm. I I um, I did originally think when Terry Giants came, I thought that that would probably be that was maybe the plan. That was maybe the plan. But I I really do hope Lewis Ferguson does stay. And uh, once we get into our predictions, you'll find out why. And um, yeah, I think he can benefit from another season. We'll still see how it goes. Um, oh God, you keep meant. There's so many names getting thrown around. I don't know what's well, going to happen. Even the other one that I, you know, Matty Kennedy is an interesting name. Yeah. Dean Campbell as well. What, what's going to be made of him this season? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because it seems like Brown will probably be in that sitting role. But again, then maybe with his legs going, maybe Campbell and with Uno reverse, he'll come in and get the experience from. But then we've seen Funzo Ojo, a player we thought was maybe going to be there's departing so, the is There's so much going on, man. I don't know what anything could happen. I know. I'm just glad the King is back, baby. <laughs> okay. Uh, who do you think will be our most underrated player this season, Calm? Underrated player? I'm going to go with... Hmm. I think I'm going to go with Jack McKenzie. I think I'm going to go with Jack McKenzie, which... Hear me out here. Calvin Ramsey will probably get a lot more of the plaudits on the other side because of his age. Because of his age, and obviously Jack Jack McKenzie's still young, twenty-one, I think, Mm -hmm. and still young, yeah. And um, (laughs) but I think it it might go more towards Calvin Ramsey. Um, And obviously Jack McKenzie came on, had an impact against BK Hack, and he's he was involved in the towards the back end of last season. So I think he could have a big season for us. I'm excited by him, Robbie. It might be a bit more controversial compared to Jack Mc- seeing Jack McKenzie, but I really think this can be Conor McLennan's breakthrough season. We've seen mm-hmm. what he could do, what he done with that goal on Thursday, and I feel Conor McLennan he has got that raw talent. And even though he is getting on, he's still young, and I feel if he can just get his head and his feet together, he's, he's got that talent that he can provide. He can provide goals and really be a key player, not just from the start, but a player that. When teams are tiring, where the style mm. of play will play with Brown, Brown won't go past the halfway line very often. So he gives that protection to allow mm. players like McLennan to bomb forward. But I just wonder, with the attacking fullbacks, will we play with attacking fullbacks and wingers, or if McLennan will play in a bit more of a central role this season? It'll be interesting to see. Mm. Uh, I did the preview for the four four two football magazine. Um, and this was one of the questions that was asked on who um, that I thought would be Aberdeen's most um, underrated player. Uh, and here's another name for you, Callum. I went Dylan McGeeh. You, know, you keep mentioning players that I'm forgetting are even around right now. I mean, Matty Kennedy and Dylan McGeeh. Yeah, no, that's fair, though. He's sort of another one I think could sort of deputise for Brown when um, his... Uh, if there's a tough run on the legs, for example, a load of game mm-hmm. midweek... Um, on the horizon, yeah, I think that is that isn't a bad shout, and he did come in towards the back in the last season, looked pretty decent. But it's the question, obviously, if he does stay fit, yeah, or maybe even stay at the club. Who knows what's going on just now with the behind-the-scenes transfers? And but again, he might be a player that we see come more involved if Lewis Ferguson does depart. I mm. think it will be interesting to see how that transfer saga develops. I think a lot will probably just depend in terms of squad size and who stays around on how we get on in the European Conference League. 
mm-hmm. um, it'll because it'll say if we are going to be playing European football in a group stage, which obviously seems like a long way way yet. That's it. That does run until December. So the confidence returning. I know it does run until December, though, but it's something you have to keep in mind. So because there will is, be yeah. a, tough, yeah. a lot of tough runs, especially if there's cup runs uh, domestically and things as well. Yeah, well, brings me on nicely to the next point, Calm. It's almost like you knew I was a way to discuss. Um, let's discuss cup, cup competitions. Um, we'll do domestic competitions first. Um, starting with the League Cup or Premier, whatever it's been renamed, some ridiculous sponsor. Premier that, Sports Cup. Yeah, well, Doncaster managed to finally get a sponsor for it, so well done mm. on that. We've been drawn away to Wraith Rovers, or Wraith Ravers, for those of you that enjoy Jeff Stalin <laughs> on a Saturday. Um Happy with that draw, Callum? Yeah, basically. Um, we've had bad times against Wraith of Four, I believe. Um, yeah. but bad, bad memories. Don't remind me, please. I know. Knocked out on a replay. Another yeah. bad memory going down there on the train to see Aberdeen play um, uh, in a friendly, and David Goodwillie scored. So there we mm. go. I'd bad do hay fever that day as well, so even worse. <laughs> but no, it's. Um, it's uh, I think it's a good draw when you consider Hearts has been drawing at Celtic. Mm. So, yeah, we have every reason to be confident. Um, good day out, if fans are allowed as well. Exactly, great, great day out. Nice we trip out down Steve Tosh way. So mm-hmm. you know, we fancies it a big one. Um, but no, it's, yeah, it should be good. Should be good, exciting. Uh, a good chance probably for a bit of rotation into the starting eleven too, without getting too mad with it. But. Yeah, got every reason to be confident. It'd be worrying if I wasn't, in fairness. Mm-hmm. But looking ahead to the, the cup competitions overall, um, what are your sort of expectations on them this season? They were a huge disappointment last season. Um, what, what, are you, what would you be kind of happy with this season in terms of the, the cups? Winning the lot. Um, Keep it simple. Yeah, basically. No, I think uh, we have sort of slagged off Messrs McInnes um, for semi-finals being a success. But I think in Stephen Glass's first season, without sort of, um, with still putting the squad together, kind of thing, I think semi-finals would be good. Um, obviously, hope for a lot more than that. But also, it does depend on who we do end up playing and things like that. Uh, sort of very early days, but win them both. That's uh, what I'd like. Yeah, Robbie, would you kind of echo that confidence sentiment from Colin? Yeah, I, I, in the words of a word of politician, politicians use a lot. I'm cautiously optimistic about mm. the cup competitions. I'd like to I'm see wondering us where that to... was going when you were mentioning politics. <laughs> yeah, that's really <laughs> no, interesting. I, I would definitely like to see us get to ha- I chip the hand in. And it's reassuring that I'm seeing today that Hibs are getting an away allocation against Motherwell mm. at the weekend. I think it's 2,000 fans. So that brings yeah. up that attendance to be allowed 6,000 fans in the stadium, which the last time those two teams played, the attendance was less than that. So mm-hmm. if we're seeing away fans in grounds, hopefully we can get to that game against Ray Fielders in the Cup. And just want to say this, I'm just glad I'm not hearts. We missed out on being seeded by one goal, was it? So wow. they ended up with it's a tough brutal. tie against Celtic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Funny though. But it is, it's very funny. Um, but in Robbie, would you kind of agree with what Callum's saying that given it's, I don't know if it's a transition season that maybe seems a bit generous, um, that semi-finals, would you be happy with that this season or should we be looking at getting to the finals or winning the lot, as Callum says? Well, you, you want to win the lot. As a football fan, you want to go into every season. This was my problem with Lord Derek McInnes, as Manny called him. My problem was you wanted to 
you want to win every game you go into, no matter who you're playing. Mm. So I feel like Stephen Glass should be setting up a team to win every match. And if that takes us to the final and a chance of winning silverware, then happy days. But if it doesn't and we fall sort of semi-final, it wouldn't be a too disappointing season, albeit that if we can get a European spot again in the mm -hmm. league. Because we've got to remember that this season, we've basically got all the top clubs back in with Dundee and Hearts getting promoted. So it isn't going to be easy, but I feel like we've got to be optimistic as fans. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think as well, you know, I always, I always spoke about the cup competitions being McInnes' glass ceiling. Um, where they got to the semi-final or final and and fell flat on our faces, or certainly the performances were very <laughs> too flat. many times. Yeah, mm. and I think you know the way that that we're we're going to be looking to play under Stephen Glass. It's not I don't see us going out of these competitions with a whimper. Um, I know many people will probably drag up the Dungeon United game as an as an mm. example of that, but hopefully with him getting a full preseason under the squad, his own stamp on the squad we hopefully won't see too many games develop into into that manner. Um, and I think, you know, if we get, get ourselves to hand and we've got to then be looking at capitalising that on, I think, you know, it'd be, it'd be some season if we could we could win silverware this season. Um, and it would certainly, you know, uh, put silence on a lot of the doubters on the, the appointment of not only Stephen Glass, but maybe also the inclusion of Scott Brown, who we might see play a lot more minutes than maybe a lot expected this season. Yeah, that's right. I think it's a good point on Scott Brown, actually. It could sort of be this season um, and then he sort of winds down perhaps in the second season. We do see sort of more of that coaching side. That's something else to think about. There's a lot going on around Aberdeen. It's very exciting. Very exciting. A lot to talk about. It was, yeah. And I think I, I think it's refreshing to hear you use that word, though, Callum. Ex excitement. Because it is the, dawn of the new season... That, that opening weekend of the season is always the exciting one because mm. you have no idea what lies in store for you on match day. You have no idea what lies in store for you for the season ahead in terms of league and cups. There's mm. still transfers to be done, players coming in and out. There's so much to be excited about. Fans are coming back. Normality slowly but surely returning. Mm. It, it, it just feels so good again. And, and you, you know, it's the point that you made in the last episode it's that escapism that we're getting from the football that probably lacked last season when we couldn't go. It, it, it's just great again. Yeah, 100% agree. It was, I, I, I totally sort of forgot what it was like. And it's, it wasn't just like, oh, go out and have a few drinks. Blah, blah, blah. But it is a lot of, it's like seeing people you don't usually see uh, a full like day of, it's just like a total escape of whatever is going on. And, um, yeah, missed it a lot. Very glad to be back. Yeah, and it's, it, you know, like I said, we're recording this on Monday. We're already in our group chat speaking about what the plans are for Sunday. As we said, hopefully we'll, we'll get some positive news around the, the, the crowds. So already organising who's going to get tickets, where we're going pre-match, post-match. Mm -hmm. And like I said, with, as Robbie mentioned, the, the away fans getting back into games, already been on the, the phone to Chris asking about Livingston away, Hearts away, and who knows, hopefully Wraith away as well. Oh God, I hope so. <laughs> but, but, but Glenn, even having fans back into pathology, like I think you have a season ticket next to the fence and even just that banter, it's great to have home fans in mm -hmm. and a vocal home support. But as football fans, we, we've all been on many away days and 
go to pathology regularly, just having that bit of banter when it is, mm. and a bit of opposition fans, you just can't beat in. I echo what you say, that whole match day experience, it was totally missing. Like, I'm lucky as a young sports supporter that I still did get out to cover the men's and women's games last season, which mm. was great to do so, seeing Aberdeen and everything, but just it's just not the same. It just made me realise that watching football without your friends and family and just when you score having that folk to hug and everything it's just not the mm-hmm. same at all mm-hmm. like you just with, with the dons that feeling you would have got it scoring five goals on thursday but jumping about with your mates celebrating it's no better feeling no absolutely and, and that 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 elation that constraints goal that that mm-hmm. sense of release because you're in the stadium you're with your mates is totally different than sitting on your sofa and be like, oh yeah, we're, we're winning 1-0. Like, <laughs> An Andy Murray-type celebration after Scotland yeah. qualified. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, very, very yeah, good comparison. So. But, you know, the, the introduction of the Red Shed, because, yeah, I'm not going to be next to the defence this season. I'm going over into the Red Shed because, you know, help build that atmosphere on. But there's been no talk on away fans at Pataudry yet. I think, you know, Cormac's focusing on home fans, which is obviously great to see. Um, but from from a, a football fan point of view, I think you're right, Robbie. It'd be great to see some away fans back in because that just adds a little bit extra to the games as well. Unless yeah, the gu- getting beat. <laughs> yeah, the, gu- the gung-ho between the fence is great. And last year, Thino down to Celtic Rangers and just hearing mm-hmm. them sing all their songs for mm-hmm. the rest of the match. But that's not going to happen under Stephen Glass. No, I'll definitely keep positive. I'll keep. I'll get. I'm. I'm laying off Calm's pet positivity now. The show, as the show goes on, the positivity <laughs> is increasing, increasing. It does, and you know, it's been great doing this preview with you both, Robbie. Obviously, joining us on on the show. Um, we did ask on our Twitter page for any questions ahead of the show tonight. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at RTG underscore podcast. If you're listening, um, you can uh, submit questions by following us on Twitter. And if you're watching, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Leave some questions in the comments. We do um, view all the comments and pick them up and use them for content throughout the shows um, and good for um, feedback as well. So yeah, we do, as we said at the beginning of the episode, do appreciate the support. So these are the questions from the Twitter page um, for, for you guys. So um, Zippy11MS asks, what would we class as a successful season? Is it mm-hmm. beating the Huns twice? Well, we'd actually play them more than twice. So would it just class them, beating them three or four times? Mm-hmm. Getting to a final, is that successful? I kind of touched on that already. Winning a trophy, or we haven't really spoken about this, group stage qualification for Europe, mm-hmm. or all of the above. Callum, as the positivity one. Well, I'll take all of the above now if you're offering. But um, in in um, being more realistic, perhaps better showings against Celtic and Rangers, one hundred percent. At times, okay, we gave sort of Celtic a couple of good games and things last season, but they were abysmal. I'd like to see us take some three points off them, um, but all just all round better showings against them. I would like to. Th- think maybe group stage is possible <laughs> maybe maybe um uh, this season as well that would obviously be a success i've touched on this cup things i think it depends sort of on the draw and things like that but as long as as you said don't go out with whimpers essentially that's what i'd like mm. to see throughout the whole season um i think with the style of football we play we are probably going to take a couple beatings and um, that's probably inevitable yeah. um but as long as 
we do play with that sort of attacking. Um, if we stick to that philosophy, that's probably success. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're not asking a lot. No. I, uh, I Rock, think, sorry, a minimum third place finish as well. Sorry, I'd like to say that's my, okay. That's mine. Yeah. Okay, interesting. I, I said in the four four two preview, I see us finishing fourth um, this season. So um, I, I just think uh, Hibs have looked strong in pre-season. Um, I'm still not really sure at the time of doing that preview, you know, we hadn't signed Ramirez and uh, all their uh, signings hadn't been confirmed. So. That, that I just went more of the, more of the same, but Robbie, uh, in answer to the question, what would you class as a successful season? Do you agree with Callum that maybe Europe group stage qualifications on the cards? You know, we're looking good against Taken. I'll, I'll yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, Austria Vienna against uh, the Icelandic team. I forget their name. It's potentially a winnable tie, but then the round after that, Spurs. Who cares? Just, Spurs? Yeah. <laughs> Who's asked about Spurs? Just a diddy team, don't worry. Exactly. But but if, yeah, yeah, to answer your question, Glenn, I, I agree with Callum. I feel that we can, yeah, I did see the teams for that next round and think, oh, but I mean, we need to show, we need to <laughs> show no... PC way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to show no fear in any game we go into. And as Callum, what I think rightly touches on, we might take some beatings and some high-scoring games with this high-press attacking football, but I've said this for season, the last two, three seasons. I'd much rather turn up on a Saturday and watch a high-scoring game, even if he was on the end of a loss, rather than sit and watch a drab, play for a nil-nil or hold out a one-nil victory. Mm. So I'd much, I take finishing fourth place as Callum says, or, or was it you, Glenn, said yeah. fourth place? Yeah, I take fourth place if some of the games we actually put on a show rather than mm-hmm. just thought, oh, we're one nil up after 10 minutes. Let's just hold on. Because you go, you pay a season title, you pay 28 quid each week to be entertained and something we haven't been for a while. So I feel the theme of this podcast is we're feeling that feel good factor and <laughs> we're feeling like we're going to be entertained. So yeah, mm-hmm. I feel cup competitions, reach Hamden, third or fourth place, you don't know how Hearts are going to do in the first season back. Right. Mother, Motherwell fans I've spoken to, Motherwell fan, Motherwell's usually in previous seasons that are right in the top six. They're thinking they won't do well. So Johnston, double last season, they might improve. But if we focus on ourselves, I think fourth, a European spot, a trip to Hamden, and if we got to the group stages, that would be fantastic. But no pressure, Stephen Glass and yeah. the team. We've, we've certainly set the, the bar um, mm. high with what we're expecting. Uh, kind of touching on points that you both have made there about um, kind of getting doings this season or potentially being on the end of doings. Mammoth Mogul asks, who will be our bogey team this season? And are we going to be su- susceptible to counter-attacking sides? What should be our target out of nine points versus teams pre-split? Oh, goodness me, that is a, a lot to digest. Um, so we'll go with the first point then. Just one team from both of you. Who do you think will be our bogey team this year? It's just about to be Hearts, isn't it? I've got two mates that support Hearts, and they, it always seems to happen. Man, it'll be Hearts. It's going to be Hearts, I'm telling you. Robbie? I'm going to go St Johnston. They seem to be an old foe, even though when we was finishing second in leagues and doing quite well, we used to, it was all stick against St Johnston and in pre-season, a typically 0-0 mm. draw against St Johnston. So I feel if there was any team 
might not lose to them, but I feel like we could be sticky and take a couple of points off of us in a game that, in theory, we should be beating them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, uh, that would be probably the team I would lean towards as well, Robbie, would be St. Johnston. I, ha- I had a bad feeling about Dungeon United, but no, I'm being kind of won over by Calm's positivity ahead of the weekend <laughs> and it won't it won't be them and it's definitely not going to be Hibs Michael fuck Hibs <laughs> yeah I do agree with that statement fuck Hibs <laughs> um, so looking at uh, are we going to be susceptible to the counter-attacking sides um, you both touched on we might be on the receiving end do you, do you agree then we could be vulnerable with that I do I'll just like that into the, the question after as well that is why I think six points from a possible nine against most teams would be reasonable because I think we are we are a good team but the way we play we will be susceptible to um, probably taking a couple of beatings when teams do come up we've seen it before when you try and break down St Johnston and things um, up here and sometimes we just can't so I think that will that will happen six points from nine but I think we may be susceptible to sometimes um getting absolutely gubbed because we are going all out gung-ho leaving like poor Andy Constantine back by himself can barely move that kind of thing yeah the Titanic himself as he admitted on Jet Snapchat but Robbie do you kind of agree then that we would be vulnerable to the, the counter-attacks and what about the points target are you kind of in similar view to to Callum yeah I agree, I agree with being subject to the counter-attack kind of touched on that earlier with the fact that fullbacks want to bomb forward and Brown will cover the defence. But until, quite frankly, we sign another centre-back, I, I can't see... I can see us being on a few doings because even the goal we conceded against Hacking, we still won. As soon as someone's running at Considine, mm. I, I, as much as I love Andrew Considine, we need cover for him because as we speak about Brown, legs slowing down, Considine reliable against most teams in the league, but someone like Ryan Kent running at you, Mm. You don't want you don't want that to happen. We've mm. seen that before with James Forrest when not it wasn't Constantine's fault when he had to play left back, but we hopefully with Jack McKenzie and Johnny Hayes, if we can fill in left back, we won't see that. But I definitely six points from from each game post split pre-split, I think that would be I, I wouldn't be complaining about that. Oh well, mm. you can mark my words if I'm yeah. compl- you see me complain about on Twitter by then. Yeah, I would uh, like to say I did say uh, just for most teams. I'm not if any Celtic Rangers fans are tuning in, want to laugh? Then uh, most teams, okay, just so you know. Well, I was going to say I'm expect. Well, actually, I'll, I'll Come on then, that. no, don't shake yourself. Now. <laughs> I I would be hoping for a minimum of seven points against. 10 of the 12 teams, so you're going like unbeaten against these teams. Wait, 10 um, of the 12 teams, so then that means only one team. Oh, yeah, not sure. Really <laughs> nine, nine of the remaining 11 yeah. uh, can tell That's fine. My positivity is definitely rubbing off. Jesus Christ. You can They're tell, playing you against can, each other. You can tell maths was my strong subject at Gordon's. Mm. And then against the, the Glasgow 2, you're looking at. I think you've got to be winning your home games against them. Yeah. And then taking something away from home so I would set like a minimum of four points from them that's why I'd be looking at because our record against them both at Pataudry recently uh, more so Celtic has been quite frankly shocking um, so we need to be looking at improving that especially as Robbie said you know last season Celtic weren't great and we still ended up plenty of points behind them 
that's obviously going to be one of the teams we need to close the gap to. Hibs is another. I know Michael will want to correct that as a team that we ended up behind. So you've got to start taking points against Celtic, more points than we normally do. And if you can go and beat in against the the others, then you're, you're setting yourself up well. Because at the end of the day, we saw last season the standard of the league wasn't great and other teams are beating others. And that's how we managed to limp home in fourth. Mm. Yeah, that's fair, yeah. very fair. Yeah, Glenn, you make a good point there with other teams being each other. Because I just look at last season, one game sticks out in my head that involved Rangers. We obviously flew to the title, but watching Hamilton against them, I think they got a draw, but could have mm-hmm. easily won. Hamilton was the home side and they played a similar style that I expect Aberdeen to play. And they just showed no feeling, no matter what Rangers were doing. They just came back at them with more. And mm-hmm. the th- thing is, we could be on the end of beatings, but as long as we take our chances, and if Christian Ramirez can be any as good number nine as Adam Rooney mm-hmm. taking chances, then why not? If we if he can convert the chances, high scoring games will win more than we'll lose. I that's what I think anyway. Yeah. Now the next question comes from Darren Gregg, and I think we've touched on this quite well already. But do we have the squad depth currently to challenge for the Champions League places um, this season? Or will it just be the Europa League places will be the target? I like to think they're probably going into the season thinking that they could um, a challenge for the Champions League spots. Why not? I mean, at times they were confident enough last season that we could mm-hmm. do it, which looking back seems insane. Um, but I suppose they will be going into it like that. I, I think realistically probably will end up as third but I'd like to hope for some of the season there could be a little bit of buzz and excitement about it possibly happening that would be nice yeah I think if we're if we're pushing the top two um, Mm. you know still like maybe April time keep that bit of buzz going but I do worry about the depth in the striking department and the centre half just now because as Robbie said the Covid situation Mm. or injury and suspension we're lacking there so we'll see what happens um, between now and the end of the transfer window but Robbie would you agree that you know we're probably lacking a bit of depth and Europa League will probably end up being the realistic target? I think we are lacking a bit of depth in certain positions because we seem a bit top heavy so many midfielders but attackers and defenders were lacking but that could all change within the space of a week so mm. like, that could all change but I also look at we spoke about watching that Celtic game against West Ham pre-season, seeing six goals. Uh, they, first half against Mitchell in the looked okay, but if they're playing Anthony Ralston and Nia Beaton in defence, then they've got a new manager as well, transitional period under Ants Podgicogli. I really think Celtic, like, well, Aberdeen should be looking to be challenging Celtic for that second spot. Oh, well, as I said earlier in the show, we should be aiming to win every game so if that means that we win the league we win it so, so be it aiming to win yeah. every game but you're going for six points out of nine cool yeah, well yeah, we're yeah, saying cool. that, that there will be times <laughs> that we will get caught out <laughs> no no I'm just messing with you both um, Lewis Forbes asks who will be the signing of the season Calm. he's number nine scores all the time Christian Ramirez Robbie Simple in agreement as- yeah, I'm in, I'm in agreement. I'm just buying into this Christian Ramirez hype. I was um, mm-hmm. speaking to Mal Pant in it that the game Aberdeen Ladies, Aberdeen Women won the title and I was saying about how they even got him to do a video at the airport and they were just expe- mm-hmm. they're expecting him to hit the gun running and the fact that he scored in the first game 
that'll be a relief on the club's shoulders because they've given the number nine shirt. Mm. He's never played in Europe. So there's a lot of expectation, but I do feel that he is going to deliver. We've seen previous number nines sit, or other strikers since Rooney left not be able to fill that void. Sam mm-hmm. Cosgrove in a way, but I think Christian Ramirez can be that man. And the fact that Jet seems to, he can play off of him, but he can mm-hmm. also play a bit deeper as well. I think that'll work in a favour depending on how the games are going. It depends on the shape other teams are playing. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you both. And if you're referring to the most enthusiastic signing of the season um, and who's going to be a fan's favourite, it'll be a close contrast between Ramirez and Jet. But I think uh, I'm going to end up getting pelted. Say this. Scott Brown. I know you're going to say Scott Brown, so say Scott Brown. Yeah, Scott Brown will be our signing of the season. Last season, you know, Callum, probably our main talking point was our midfield. Did we lack drive? Why were we always getting overran? Now, I think nine times out of ten, Scott Brown is going to make sure that we are winning the midfield battles. Stephen Glass came out in the press and said the players need to have the same desire and determination to win that Scott Brown has. Look at Ojo and his return to Aberdeen, how well he played. Hopefully it's not a one-off, obviously, but Mm. is that an influence from Scott Brown? Scott Brown marshalling the young players. I just think he's going to have so much influence on and off the pitch that he'll be our best signing. Okay, yeah, I can't really argue that, but I just think we were so there's so many times where we missed so many chances that I'm just gonna love Christian Mears. Even if he's not player of the season, then he will be my player of the season. Even if he does nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Um one of the questions that came in from Chateau Windy was do we believe that the state of Don's football philosophy um mm-hmm. will stand up during the winter months and the the different pitches that we get during that? Or will we require a level of pragmatism so that we sort of seen from the Derek McInnes era in grinding out the 1-0 wins, kind of what you mentioned, Robbie? Mm. Oh, I, I feel like in winter, you, sh- you shouldn't need to revert to hoofball. Don't get me wrong that some games, if the game's not going your way, then that's plan B, which sometimes we never even had a plan B before. Mm. So it'd be, mm. good, it'd, be good, it'd be good to have a plan B under Stephen Glass. But I, I definitely feel that yeah, as I said, I think the Dons should just, if it's going to work, it's, we've only seen one game, so it's too easy, too hard yeah. to really, it's too hard to really tell. But if it's going to work the way that he wants to play, then there's no reason to adapt it in winter because really, if it's Blana Huli at Pathology, you don't want to be playing the ball in the air. It's ne- I've actually never understood this in Scottish football, why in mm. winter they play the ball in the air because it ends up going out the park so many times so if you play free flowing football on the ground get the ball to the fullbacks where for me and Jack in the box we'll be scoring lots of goals and keeping the fans in red shed very happy mm. I think that's the first Blana Hooli we've had on the podcast is it Glenn? Maybe? Yeah, I think, think so yeah but you know I think if you you know if we live by the sword and die by the sword Callum be happy with that or do you think we will see games that's uh, as Robbie says we'll finally have a plan B yeah no I would agree that um Actually, 100% in terms of keeping the ball in the deck, it would be nice rather than seeing it swallowing about um, in the air. But um, it would be also be nice to have a plan B for once because plan A was usually hoofball. Um, so I don't know. I think they will. They will be prepared for all eventualities. It seems like glasses, going by what he said after the hacking game, they will be taking every game chain if there's something that they feel they can expose in the opposition kind of thing, they will adapt in training and try and expose that so um, I, I do take encouragement from that rather than sort of having this maybe one specific style of play um, 
that whole time, it feels like they will sort of change it and tweak it when needed. Right, final question then. Um, it's been been a good preview show, so we'll end on a, a bit of a fun question. It's come from uh, at Beast underscore AFC, a big fan of the show, Callum. Mm. Um, he's asked, well, he's asked many questions. We could pretty much do an own, our own episode on his questions alone, but I'm just going to take one of them. Um, who do you think will be the top scorer? And I think I know who you're going to say. Well, I mean, again, he's he, he wears number nine. He's going to score all of the time it's Christian Ramirez it's mm-hmm. he's got that he's seen okay we've seen 90 minutes of him but so far basically off what we've seen uh, he's got that striker's instinct but he can do it all it seems like so um, mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be him but if Jet wants to score 20 like he said he's claimed to then that is absolutely fine by me like mm-hmm. that's fine by me yeah I just got to love the player's optimism like mm-hmm. Jet in the papers saying yeah tw- 20 goals a season I'm targeting when I don't think he's done that in his career, but why not? Now's a good time to start. And I'd agree, I'd agree with you, Callum. I'm, I'm going for Ramirez to be top scorer at Aberdeen this season as well, but I feel like the goals, we will score goals, but I feel like Ramirez will get double figures, but I think the goals will be shared around the team. Mm. And there's players like Red, yeah. Ryan, Hedge, Ryan Hedges, if Lewis Ferguson stays as well, Ferguson, yeah, the keeper maybe done, should have done a bit better with his strike, but if he's willing to take more shots on, which Alan Russell's maybe encouraging to do so, then, mm. well, all, laws of average, some of them are going. So, sorry, I just for after, I just before I forget, um, he was maybe another shout for my player of the season because if Brown's sitting alongside him, then he could go bomb forward and do that kind of thing, which is what you're speaking about. Hi, on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, just definitely. I just feel like Alan Russell haven't mentioned him at all, but mm. fact that. Considine's first goal on Thursday was from a corner. We actually got the ball to the back post, which is fantastic to see. And the, the fact that the, review. The, the fact that Ferguson is shooting from distance as well, th- things like that, it's encouraging because we just, I would have called Aberdeen shot shy last season because mm-hmm. we didn't score goals because we didn't actually take enough shots on goal. And that's mm-hmm. the difference. You want to see entertainment, at least you, look, you can look at the stats after the game and think, oh, We've had 23 shots or something rather than being like, oh, two shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not, oh, it's all right, yeah. two shots if you win, I guess. I suppose. Yeah, if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the raffle. So we've got to speculate to accumulate. Um, but I think, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I'm going to go with Jet as well because I want to see him, well, I want to see Jet hit 20 goals because I know someone's got a bet with him on getting a tattoo. Um, and Jet was Ooh. counting his preseason goals in that in that accumulation of twenty goals. That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> <laughs> he seems um, a right character, mind you. He does, and I think it's those infectious characters around the place. And I think as it was um, at Free End with Cali said, if his post about playing BK Hacking are getting ready to go to war. Um, I cannot wait for what his pre-match posts there against Rangers are going to be like. I'm all for it. Already. <laughs> Yeah, that, that could be interesting. Um, yeah, I hope someone's advising him correctly. Yeah, well, I'm sure <laughs> a social got, media I'm sh- ban. I'm sure he already got a bit of a warning about his social media after his first day at the club, you know, Snapchatting himself driving yeah. into Cormac Park. So it's good to see him picking up points before the season started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, more of the same for this season. 
Definitely. But it's, I think that sort of cycle, you know, we had the 24 hour social media ban under McInnes, that, you know, fans seeing that positive eight from the players straight away at full time mm. on Thursday night um, was good to see. Don't know how, what it'll be like if they're posting stuff after, you know, a 5 0 defeat at Ibrox, but that's not going to happen this season. No, judging well. on Calm's positivity. But um, that's been our little preview ahead of the season. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a bit something different. Um, we thought we would try. Um, you know, so any feedback on the episodes greatly appreciated. Leave that in the comments if you're watching on YouTube, and don't forget to subscribe or tweet us at RTG underscore podcast. We will, of course, be back after the Dungeon United game to review that in full, um, and we'll also do a, a quick review of the the game on Thursday night as well. So, Robbie, thanks very much for for joining us on the show tonight. Thanks very much for having me. It's been a pleasure, guys. Great. And Calm, once again, thanks very much as well. Thank you very much, Glenn. And also thanks very much for everyone tuning in. As Glenn said, be sure to subscribe, leave a like on the video, comment down below with your thoughts. Follow us wherever you're listening in and follow us on Twitter. We've all got our handles above us here um, if you're watching. So thank you very much. And here's hoping for a positive result, not only on Thursday, but on Sunday too.